Genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one emergency guest host at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. Uh, and I'm Niall McGowan. Cassandra is unfortunately uh, quite sick, so had to do some last minute shuffling around to get the next few minutes recorded. And thank you very much, Niall. Oh, it's it's no problem at all. I just feel sorry for like any guests out there or any listeners out there. Who are familiar with me because they might be like, oh God, not this guy. <laughs> like, just instantly just say, like, nope, nope, I'll skip the next three minutes. What happens anyway? I mean, come on. Right? Oh man, it couldn't be couldn't be super important stuff, including my my favorite scene in the trilogy. Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. But today's minute is minute 160, which starts with a, a young man being pulled away from his mother. And ends with Legolas saying in Elvish, and they should be, mm. uh, after calling everyone frightened. And then everyone gives him a very awkward stare. <laughs> that's a, it's like the whole room hears him. Yeah. That's the thing, though, because, you know, for the beginning of the of the minute, I was a bit sort of, uh, you know, to be, you know, come in at the last minute to be like, oh, greeted with the sight of a bunch of nameless extras. I was like, I don't know how I could even begin to look up who any of these people are to get any content on them. It's like, oh, could you just type in Lord of the Rings? Like, man in before Helm's Deep. Uh, it's a pretty worried looking. You know, There's about 15 <laughs> billion people here. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's there's far too many to like really try to dig up who all these extras are. Yeah, yeah. And I mostly just call out the ones that they name in the commentary, because it's the easiest way to find any of them. <laughs> I was slightly good at though, going back like a couple of seconds, because I missed out on some Aowen action. I was like, oh, I love Aowen. I was like, no, she's not in any of these minutes. But uh, cause yeah. I had a real thing for like, uh, well, just the, the character in, in general, and uh, Miranda Otto, like back back in the day when you know she first came on the scene. Because uh, I remember, like, soon after this, I saw the movie, uh, it was on Irish TV one night, just randomly caught it, uh, True Love and Chaos, which is, like, an Australian movie. I don't you maybe you guys have talked about it before, but uh, it has her and Hugo Weaving are both in it. And it's like... This, oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, the thing is, it's like, it's her, her boyfriend's Naveen Andrews from, like, Lost. Was it, was it Lost or... Yeah, it was Lost he was in. And then it's like, yeah, Hugo Weaving and Noah Taylor. So it's like this main core group of four people. And like, oh, you're going to see all these people again. Like, there's no way he can avoid any of this cast. They will be thrust upon you. But uh, yeah, there's a scene There's a scene where uh, Eowyn and Elrond uh, have a little smooch in True Love and Chaos, which is weird <laughs> to see when, you're, when that's who you know them to be. But um, yeah, so I imagine that would be just a little awkward. Yeah, it's a pretty. It's like it's not actually the best movie in the world. Like it's a gritty little Australian crime drama, but uh, it also has. Um, I distinctly remember it because the opening has a cover version of uh, the song Jackson, you know, by Johnny Cash and June Carter. But uh, mm. like Miranda Otto's character is a backing singer in the band, and it's all performed live. And her entire point to the way she's introduced is just standing in the background, going Jackson, 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 Jackson. <laughs> 
over and over and over again throughout the entire song. And I was just like, that might have been like her big break on Australia. It was like, this, it's the Jackson girl. Here she is. She's going on to do Lord of the Rings next, guys. Come on, yeah. That's actually pretty amusing. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think the whole film's available on YouTube, so you can... Uh, you, it's probably not the best quality, but like, and it's not the best quality of film in general. <laughs> but definitely give it a give it a look see if you're if you're curious. Oh, I definitely am. We we are, and I mean we haven't put up a second breakfast in a while, but we we are intending to slowly go through filmographies of everybody and do a review of like two movies that they did from different genres if we can find them, mm. or just two movies in general that look really interesting and talk about them side by side. Like we are. Or sometimes not movies. For Elijah Wood, we talked about the movie um, Grand Piano, and we also talked about the animated short series Over the Garden Wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the- <laughs> Which was a, a fun discussion. Grand Piano was a movie that I was just, like, blown away by. Mm. I couldn't believe I hadn't watched it before. I don't think I'm but even familiar it, with it. And if you haven't seen it, it's marvelous. It's a really good suspense movie. It's got um, it's Elijah Wood, and uh, what's his name? I'm I'm kicking my I'm kicking myself. He's in all kinds of stuff. Um, I can't remember right now. He's in that that movie with Samuel Jackson, Room 1408. Oh, John, I can't remember Cus- his name? Uh, John Cusack. John Cusack. Yeah. There we go. Got there. <laughs> John Cusack. No, but uh, that's worth checking out if you haven't seen that. No, I don't think I've uh, ever even heard of it. So I was like, yeah, I'll definitely have to give give that a go. Yeah. So the beginning of this minute in the movie that we're talking about today is very, very sad with all these families being pulled apart because war is coming to Helm's Deep and they need every single person who's big enough to hold a sword. Yeah. (laughs) And we kind of talked about that earlier this week, this kind of sad montage of family separation. And then we lead into an armory where everyone is sort of getting ready and being given their weapons. And I'm not 100% sure, but I think the sword that Aragorn is holding, just as we first see him in the armory, is the same sword that uh, Hama's son has later on in the, in Helm's Deep. Oh. It looks like the same sword to me. Hmm. <laughs> and that might just be a design thing, because all the, Ro- all the Rohirrim swords kind of look similar. But it looks like the same sword to me. Yeah. Uh, it does look a bit like the beginning of um like a LARPing weekend though. This is kinda of guy coming with this big bundle of swords. Just, come on everyone, come on guys, take a sword. Let's let's get in the character, okay? <laughs> yeah, the uh the commentary track, Richard Taylor was very excited to film this scene initially because they were given the space to set up the armory and they just unloaded essentially every prop they built for Rohan as weapon or armor into this one room. <laughs> so they just got it all on screen. Hmm. Of course, they got the other, well, you know, you're probably not excited to see him because you've seen him for what, like 5,000 minutes so far. <laughs> but like, I was just like, Oh, Aragorn's here. Vigo Mortensen. I've not got to talk about this guy in any of the, you know, the movies by minutes I've guested on or hosted. So I was just like, oh, there he is. He is Vigo. You are like the buzzing of flies to him. But um, <laughs> I think, I think, I think have you guys ever discussed the fact that, like, the thing with Vigo Mortensen and, and me is, is that that guy should never not have a beard. Because when you see him, when he's clean shaven, he doesn't look right. I agree. 
Yeah. I definitely agree. He he doesn't he doesn't have the same gruff manly allure without the beard. Yeah. It's just something. It's just he doesn't he just looks like a like a guy and not like an action hero guy. Yeah, he looks very I don't know what it is. It just maybe because you're just so used to having the image of Aragorn blazed into your into your consciousness of like that is who Viggo Morrison is. But then every single time he shows up without one, it's like, nah, man, this isn't working for me at all. This is like, right? Just yeah. put the beard back on. <laughs> Plus, like the the thing I always instantly go to with him as well is um, his his part in Carlito's Way, where he has that fantastic sort of little cameo is the the guy with the wire in the the nightclub he's in a wheelchair and it's just like he's he's like the exact opposite of aragon he's just like the really sniveling pathetic little guy who like when pacino catches him he has this like i'm not too sure what accent he's going for but it's like this whole like you know like oh i'm I'm cheating myself every day i can't walk i can't hop go ahead kill me you (laughs) talker it's like right i i'm i'm not ever really 100 percent sure what accent Vigo Mortensen is going for. It's well, kind of just... like Tom Hardy in that way. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Tom Hardy, you're not even too sure if he's saying words. You're just sort of like, I, I think, I'm judging that he said this, but um, we're not 100% sure, you know? Right. Like, you're you're speaking, and I can understand most of it, but I'm not sure what you're going for, buddy. Mm. Where, are you, where are you coming from? <laughs> like, you know, but there's a lot of lines that in Lord of the Rings, when I hear Aragorn speak them... I'm just like, well, that sounds really different than every other line you you did ADR for for this movie. Why does that? Why does this line sound so different? <laughs> There's just, and some of it is like when they filmed it, because some of this stuff in Helm's Deep was actually filmed very early in production, for the most part. Yeah, and maybe he hadn't quite found his voice yet, especially in the expanded scenes. So this is like early in production, like even because they shot everything sort of all, all three films together. So this was sh- this was all shot, like, way even before, like, Fellowship? Or, or is it... What, what what way was that handled? Like, sometime in, the f- sometime in, like, the first couple months of filming, or the first few months of filming, they filmed some of Helm's Deep, some of the stuff that we're seeing right now in the extended edition of the movie. Miranda Otto and Bernard Hill's first day on set was filming at Helm's Deep. And there were a lot of changes that happened after they sort of initially filmed those. I talked about it, I think, last week. The scene of Legolas giving Aragorn back the Evan Star didn't originally exist because he didn't originally lose it in the script. So when he arrives back at Helm's Deep when they shot it, he's wearing it and it's digitally scrubbed out of those shots. Oh. This seems like that must have been... It's like an understatement to say this must have been such a colossal undertaking to make these movies. But like, even the idea of that though, having like right, we have to do these scenes from like way into like near the third hour of the second movie. This is moved up front, and then getting everyone together is like right. Stuart Townsend's out. Vigo, you're up. You've been with these people now for seemingly months, and now you've got to sort of you know it's. It would be su- such a weird situation to be in, and just like again, too, if you said like even if uh, like um, like Bernard Hill and Miranda Otto are around, then it's like, oh, well, we'll see you in a couple of months because they don't need you. We've got an entire first movie to make now, so yeah. So everything was kind of chopped up and filmed out of order. Like they finished Fellowship first, obviously, but they didn't. Some of the stuff in Return of the King was also filmed pretty early in the production. 
So things were just constantly being shuffled around. But one of the people that did all his filming last was David Wenham because he was the last major character like cast. Oh. And he showed up later to the set, later to the shoot in New Zealand and everybody else. That's about it. They... So all of his scenes were filmed later on. Yeah, yeah. That's just like, it's one of those things that just like, you know, people pay so much, you know, uh, give so much praise to like, oh, the, the effects of the movie and just the, the grand scale of it and the fact that like they managed to create this entire whole universe and... You know, all now, this the stuff filming process alone is is incredibly impressive. The way yeah. <laughs> they filmed all this so scattered and were able to weave it all together. Yes, yeah, this is like and make spe- it work. A special praise should be given to like the production manager or whoever was scheduling everything to be like, okay, so this has to be over here, and we have to make sure we get this. And this, this, this. it would have been insanely yeah. extensive. <laughs> it's like I, I can. Know, I it. think that's mostly Barry Osborne and Rick Porras. I think did a lot of that stuff. Mm. This is like stuff even. I'm trying to organize like scheduling for friggin' for Batman at like the show I do. <laughs> it's like, it's right. like I kind of think like who's who, which guest is next week? Oh Christ, about check. Like it's just one of these right. things of like um the laying things out. And it's like oh, I'll fall into place eventually, but then <laughs> I wouldn't have lasted long in the Lord of the Rings production. I can tell you that. Oh man, I I have such a restrictive work schedule that we inevitably fall behind somewhere near the tail end of both movies so far. <laughs> uh, hopefully we can be a little better about it in movie three. Mm. But I I work nights, which makes it very hard to schedule with guests because I only have two days off a week Yeah, where I have evenings available. So it becomes a bit of a pain. That's <laughs> uh, why I'm very happy you were available at, well, not that our listeners will know, but this time of day, mm. not too long before this episode goes out. Uh <laughs> I love this. Is, this is like for me. This is prime time because it's like, oh, because I'm in the UK, so it's like, hey, it's, it's six p.m. <laughs> like I got nothing else going on today. Like I buy, I can film, I can record ten episodes if you needed to. <laughs> so, uh, right. Although I do have, I'm a very popular and uh, busy man, of course, as well. I'm not just sitting around doing nothing with my with my day. Just quite, just tighten your tie a little bit. Quite the man about town. Yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, I, I like the way you you put trailing off before the end of both movies is like, like this is near the end of the movies. Like there's still an hour to go. <laughs> like it's just cause these yeah. Lord of the Rings is so long. It's just like, we're in the final hour. That's, <laughs> that's near the end. Whereas most movies it's, I meant to be like, we've still got like th- three quarters of the movie to go here. <laughs> I know we, uh, so many have started and finished in the time it has taken us to get this far. Oh, uh, I think we, we had a slight, um, because you know the Batman movies are like they're like just two hours plus basically, but because we do it three days a week rather than five, and I remember seeing like the the speed at which like Scott Corelli was going through like he was finished he was recording Spider Man minute and then he did all of Shaun of the Dead and then he was midway through Spider Man two when we were just like we're just finishing up the first Batman movie like how the hell are you going yep. so fast man this is crazy. And, like, pre-production on Hot Fuzz Minute is starting, and he was also doing Back to the Future Minute at the same time as some of these. <laughs> Scott is a podcasting machine. Mm. He was built for one purpose, <laughs> podcasting. But, um, but anywho. <laughs> but yeah, I really like this armory scene a lot, and the real meat of it is next minute. But I like this lead-in, seeing the people gather their weapons. My favorite extra in this little stretch is the old man with the bandage on his head because he looks so proud and resigned to be doing what he's doing. Mm. Like, he seems 
he seems really proud to just have this opportunity to fight again or like one last time. Yeah, yeah. He has this weird resigned expression on that guy's face, and I really, for some reason, I just really like that extra. Yeah. What 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 are you assuming though? What what's with the bandage on the head? Like what's there's a little stain of blood there too. It looks pretty fresh, so it's like. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming that he's uh I would assume he's a refugee from one of the villages that was sacked and not from Eterus. Oh. So, <laughs> so he's still recovering from his wounds there and he's just ready to get some revenge on some Urukai and some hillmen. Yeah. Like listening to the commentary though, Peter Jackson's just like, Yeah, that's my uncle. He just fell down the stairs before we recorded. <laughs> we just had to like we haven't got time to get a bandage on and go. Right. And he's not even wearing any makeup or those are just as close. <laughs> That's what informs uh, Orlando Bloom's sort of disgust at these guys. He's just like, I've seen this guy. I know that. Like, I've seen him fall down the stairs about 10 minutes ago. I know he can't fight. So he's like, I'm use- I'm channeling that into my, uh, you, know, most, you know, these people can't fight here. That's the worst Orlando Bloom impression. <laughs> it wasn't even the line, he says. So, <laughs> Right? Yeah, and then Legolas starts kind of giving Aragorn crap. In front of everyone, and somehow everyone hears Legolas, even though he didn't really shout. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a classic, like, movie trope of, like, if this had been in, you know, like a high school movie or something, it would be at a party scene, and as soon as he says this, you'd hear, like, a record scratch, and all the music would turn off, and everyone just... Would yeah. Th- it's the embarrassing thing, like, you're not supposed to hear, and it, it's like the, the, you know, the episode of The Simpsons where, like... Uh, the, the, where the PTA disbands and Krabappel and Skinner are talking in the cafeteria and she's just like, oh, you know, Seymour, you're selling these future, children's futures short and he's just like, oh, come on, Edna, we all know that these children have no futures and everyone just sort of drops everything and looks straight at him. This is pretty much, you're waiting for Aragorn, you know, once he once he does his little, you know, like, and then I will die with him in the next minute for him to be like, prove me wrong, uh, Helm's Deep, prove yeah. me wrong. yeah. There's kind of two awkward blurts in within the span of like five minutes of each other. Just people saying things that maybe they didn't really mean to say in the way that they said them. These <laughs> wins because they love you thing. And then a, two minutes later, Aragorn blurts something out in front of all these guys. <laughs> That's a, a, maybe because I just inherently chatter away myself. I, like, if I was in these situations personally... You'd hear like the pin drop with everyone else, and then you probably hear me in the background still nattering away about something else. And they're like, "What?" Yeah, I'm that guy too. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, is something going on over there? Should I be rubbernecking right now? <laughs> the thing is too, because like Legolas doesn't even really raise his voice; he's just talking normally. Like, <laughs> but for some reason, everyone's just like, "What? What did he say?" Wait, everyone, be quiet. The elf is speaking. <laughs> like, imagine him with the with the elven ears could pick it up, but it's like, oh no, why? Why is that anyone else getting it? <laughs> Particularly when they're all old as well. You think they'd be like, whoa, what was that, Sonny? But <laughs> somehow the people of Helm's Deep, like, oh, no, they, they kept those uh, those eardrums plucked. Like, they were ready to go for what the softest thing said. They'll pick it up. Right. I don't really have a whole lot else uh, for this minute in particular. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more about your show and what what you cover? Oh, well, I'm actually uh, one of the hosts of uh, Bat Minute, uh, formerly Bat Minute 89, where last season we covered Tim Burton's 1989 Batman movie, one minute at a time, much like you and Cassandra are doing here. Uh, then we wrapped that up, and then we realized, like, oh, we should have just called it Bat Minute because we're covering the rest of them now. So uh, we're actually, if this is going out um, you know, this week, 
uh, we're just on the tip of uh, premiering Batman or Bat Minute Returns. Like, um, so I think Monday the seventeenth, that that'll begin. Like you'll get to listen to us do that first week, and it's uh, that first week's pretty weird because you know when you're sitting down to watch it, you're like, oh, that's right, this opens with like Pee Wee Herman throwing a deformed baby into a river. This is crazy. This movie. So uh, we had a lot oh, yeah. of fun talking about that. <laughs> I haven't seen Batman Returns in quite a while. But every time I think of it, I just remember Danny DeVito's horrific performance as the Penguin. Yeah, it's it's the thing is though, it's one of those movies. It's it's I think it's really come. It's gone through a cycle. Like people at the time liked it, but there was a bit of backlash because it was so weird and so dark and inappropriate for kids. Even though it was marketed as like family blockbuster, and then it went through a period of like people kind of hating it because it was just like, well, it was this this silly Tim Burtony. Oh, crazy! Those penguins with rockets strapped to their backs. It's and stuff. Tim Burton. Yeah, and then I think. What, what I do think, you expect? I think that was during like the Nolan period, where everyone was just like, "Oh, Batman, dark and gritty and realistic." Blah, 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 blah. And now it seems to come around that people are like, "Oh, Returns was like the best Batman movie." Like the, when we were recording for '89, the amount of guests we had on who were like, "Oh, the next one's the best one." Like a generation of people. That's the thing. They weren't all the same age either. They were all like a variety from all walks of life. And they were, the grand majority of them were like, oh, no, Returns is the best. My co-host, John, he thinks that the Returns is the best. Well, I'm, I'm hardcore 89, but um, it's, it's, it's had a bit of a renaissance recently. And particularly when you consider the current, um, you know, socio-political climate, the fact that it's a movie featuring, you know, like a... A sort of uh, nefarious, uh, morally questionable multi-millionaire trying to kind of huckster his way into public office using the power of celebrity and trying to get a very sleazy, uh, pervy, sort of uh, unlikable character to, to to be that that person in charge. It seems like oh, this is eerily relevant uh, movie to be talking about uh, in the, the current climate, but that's not for me to say. I don't want to get too political. On, uh, on Lord of the Rings here. <laughs> right. We have other things in the, the subtext of these movies to get political about from time to time. Yeah. So we, uh, we can leave that one alone. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I would. Batman Returns is definitely one of my favorite ones. Batman Begins is my favorite Batman movie. Mm. That's it. But like, I would say that Batman, Batman Returns is probably pretty close. I haven't seen it in a while, but I have fond memories of that movie. Yeah. I, I, I tend to sway into. Begins been like a my favorite. I have a constantly rotating sort of. Uh, some days it's this and some days it's that. But I think it begins always sort of kind of gets the nod because it's the only Batman movie actually about Batman. <laughs> all the rest of them are all about the villains and stuff. And that's the one where it's just like no, it's the, our focus is on the guy <laughs> that you're watching. Whereas Batman Returns, right. like we we briefly spoke about because uh, we're about thirty minutes into the movie now. We had. I think Batman featured in about four of those minutes, and he's not been in the in the film since. Like he's, he's he shows up for a little tiny bit at the start, and then it's like twenty straight minutes all about the Penguin, twenty minutes all about Selina Kyle, and then you realize when he shows up again, you're like, oh Christ, oh, that's right, Batman's in this movie. <laughs> so, all right, this is this movie is called Batman Returns. Yeah, that's the actually. Where is he? So actually, didn't me consider it. Like we yeah, we're thirty minutes in. Michael Keaton hasn't had a line yet. He's shown up. He's been in the. He's been in the Batman outfit, but he's not said anything. Oh no! He, I think he says. He says we'll see. He's had one line so far. So <laughs> in thirty minutes of this Batman movie, Batman and the main actor have had one line. Wow, that's crazy. 
But uh, but yeah, oh. you can uh, you can catch that. Um, we'll be from the sept- September seventeenth onward. We'll be recording. We'll be airing three episodes a week: Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So um, nice. if you if you're curious enough to to come in and get on top of that, then by all means, we we, we always welcome more listeners. And I believe you and Cassandra, you're, uh, there was talk a while back of the both of you coming on at some point as well to. To do a to do a guest spot, I don't know if I'm able to mention that to her. Maybe you didn't hear about it. <laughs> but. Oh no, I would I would love to. I actually don't know if Cassandra has seen Batman Returns. Oh, let's do that. That that's so. a, that actually kind of that kind of adds to it because we've only had one guest so far who hadn't seen it, and her her vibe of it was just very much like it's very it's very depressing. It's a very melancholy sort of bummer of a movie. <laughs> and it's like yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> So I'd be curious There's this real tragedy element to Selena Kyle's character in that movie. Yeah, it's just, it does have a very, very sad ending as well. Like it ends and just like, yep, nothing worked out for anybody. It just sort of ends and it's like, yeah, Bruce Wayne's still alone, and so the Catwoman's this way off somewhere. They can never be together, and it just has this very melancholic vibe to the whole thing. And then like, yeah. I remember, yeah, our, our guest was just like, yeah, just I kind of felt a bit depressed afterwards. <laughs> it's like I'd be curious to see someone else, like you know, a, 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 an adult person who's never seen it before, be have this bizarre oddity thrust at them of like this was what you know, Danny DeVito's Penguin was what passed for you know a, a villain in a in a children's movie <laughs> back and in then the early nineties. Like Christopher Walken. Oh yeah, oh like Walken's in fantastic form <laughs> in the movie. It's just like you get Danny DeVito and Christopher Walken and Michelle Pfeiffer all being kind of weird yeah. through the whole movie. <laughs> like I said, nobody is acting normal in that movie. There's even like the guy who plays uh, Chris Walken's son. You can't help but notice that he's just doing an impression of Chris Walken the whole time. <laughs> even that's just distracting. <laughs> so it's just like this film is so it's so weird. The only people who act normal are the friggin' penguins. And half the time they've got blade, you know rockets strapped to their backs and stuff. So. So, I'm from the website DuelingGenre.com, and you can find links to all kinds of podcasts on there, and if you're interested in more Movies by Minutes, including Batman in 89, you should be able to find it on MoviesByMinutes.com, which I'm pretty sure has links to very nearly every currently running and completed Movies by Minutes podcast. Yeah. Although, so. uh, you know, we can cut this up, but uh, uh, just seen on the, the movie, the, the Minute Makers and Listeners page... So there's some article of uh, a guy in Australia who apparently his whole thing is just like, I've got a podcast that uh, analyzes the movie Heat one minute at a time. And the article's like, oh, this is such an unusual idea. What a weird thing to do. And it's like, dude. But it, then it links to Star Wars Minute near the end of the article. <laughs> just like, there's, a, there's, like oh, there's over a hundred of us for Christ's sake. What do you mean it's unusual? Right. At that point, it's not unusual. It's well past a pattern. Yeah. There's been... So. There's, period, there's people I know who only listen to Movies by Minute podcasts. It's the only podcast format that they know. So, Right? So, Again, thanks for doing me a solid and being my guest host today, Niall. Oh, no problem at all. And as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. We'll be back on Monday to talk about some more depressing Helm's Deep stuff. Bye.
genre.